Welcome to Black Motherhood, the podcast where we explore what it means to raise unapologetic Black children, whether you're a mother, an auntie, or part of the village that it takes to bring up a child. As a community, we unpick the challenges we face from colorism to gender stereotypes. It's about discussing the strategies that mothers and aunties around the world can adopt to ensure that we are raising our black children to be leaders in a society that may seem to be stacked up against them. This is Black Motherhood. Today's episode contains content that may be triggering to some of our listeners. We advise that you recheck the title before proceeding. Our topic this week We'll be discussing loss, but our focus is the journey of healing after experiencing the loss of a baby. Thank you. Our topic for this week is going to be a tough but really important one. We'll be talking about depression, loss and healing after losing a child. We are honoured today to have Lorraine Katongo sharing her story and journey with us. Lorraine is a successful, charismatic entrepreneur coming from humble backgrounds. God has raised her to positions of significance in her life. She's a happy person who believes in helping people to rise, walk and live out their purposes in businesses, academics and life at large. Welcome, Lorraine. It's lovely to have you today. Well, 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 you guys, it's good to be here. Um, I'm happy to be here and I'm just so excited about the next few minutes. <laughs> okay. And it's been a really tough year globally. Lots of people's lives have been impacted by the pandemic. With that in mind and how our lives have changed dramatically over the past year, um, before we begin our discussion, I just wanted to ask, how are you doing? How are you doing today? Uh, today I'm super fine. I'm okay. Um, the pandemic has definitely, definitely uh, uh, been something that has been tough to live through, but uh, God is good. Yeah, we are here today and we, we are alive and you know where there's life, there's hope. So we're hopeful for the next, uh, next few months that God is going to keep us. That's true. That's true. I like yeah. that. So yeah. The topic for today is about loss and um, Mm. to add context to our listeners in February, I logged onto Facebook and I noticed your status and your post was so moving in every way. And I had to stop and read it because sometimes you're screwing. You're like, yeah, okay. But I stopped reflecting and read your, 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 your post. And the post was in regards to you losing your, your, your baby girl. Do you mind if you could just retell us your truth, your story? Uh, it's, it all started in 2013, yeah? uh, because I think my husband and I got married um, in 2011. And you know, when you get married, you're like, oh, we have to have a child soon. We have to like uh, make sure, you know, in the first year, it's okay. But in the second year, you start panicking. Oh my God, why am I not conceiving and all that? But two years later, that was in 2013. Uh, we, we, we managed, we conceived in 2012. And then in 2013, we had a baby girl, um, so we were so excited. You know how it is when you have a new baby and it's your first experience as a mother. You're just like, oh, this is the, the biggest blessing that God can ever give you. And then, uh, so after she was born, she was really, really okay. Um, and, and we were super excited about uh, 
having her as a family member and my family was excited my husband's family was excited because everybody had been hoping that we would have a child within the shortest possible time you know how it is in Africa if, after your wedding everybody's looking at your stomach to see if <laughs> anything has happened or anything has changed so for me it was the biggest blessing of my life and um after she was born uh we, we we discovered that she was failing to breathe on her own. So we had to go to like the biggest hospital, like the biggest institution in Zambia, which is uh, the UTH hospital. So we, we took her to hospital and then um, they said she had an infection, she had a chest infection. So because I had conceived through cesarean section, I wasn't able to breastfeed or or um, or take care of her from in, within the next three days. So uh, my husband had to do all the, the all the taking care and making sure she had milk and make sure, making sure she had everything that she needed. Mm-hmm. So afterwards, um, we decided to try and go to the hospital with me because I was very concerned as in like you know you are a new mother, you've given birth to a child and you can't just sit at, at the hospital and feel pain. So I had to just force myself to get up, even though the pain was deep. Like, you know how it is. If you've been through a cesarean section, you know, it's not child's play. So uh, I had to walk like it took me an hour from the car park to get to where my my daughter was. But you know how it is. The love of a mother, you definitely manage. So we managed. And then I looked at her and I was just like, this is the most perfect thing God has ever given me and I was just overwhelmed with joy I had to leave the hospital where I was admitted and say no I needed to move closer to where the baby was so I had to admit myself at UTH so after that they told me I was okay so it was a situation where you go in the morning and you have like breastfeeding times like you'd go at in the morning at nine and then at 12 and then uh, later in the day, say 4 p.m., and then later in the night, you breastfeed just like that because you know they don't allow mothers like near those babies because they're very delicate. Mm-hmm. So, um, afterwards, it was a good thing, you know. I watched her grow, I watched her um, develop, I watched her weight uh, gain, I watched everything, and it was just for me, that was perfect. Like, you know, I was just hopeful that um, she would be fine. And uh, I remember uh, talking to the doctor and the doctor telling me, um, no, actually she's out of danger. So very soon you will be able to get home. So from the day that uh, the doctor told me that, uh, the following day I noticed the condition began to change like for the worse. Uh, she began to, she, she started failing to breathe on her own. So they had to put like tubes to help her breathe. Then uh, one, 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 one fateful night, that was uh, on the 28th of April. What happened was uh, I had been to breastfeed like nine, the, the usual time. And then now it was time for me to go for my um, 9 p.m. breastfeeding uh, schedule. So when I went to the hospital, the doctors were looking at me funny, like, uh, um, can you take a seat before you go see the child? I'm like, mm, why? The doctor had never asked me to take a seat before. So I went and I sat and I looked at where my baby was and 
everything was like, oh, maybe she's normal, she's sleeping. Uh, I'll see her later. So the doctor came in and told me we lost the baby. For me, it was like, what do you mean you lost the baby, you know? So I, I rushed to where the bed was, where the baby was sleeping. I looked at her and I could tell she was lifeless. And I was, I was devastated. But uh, in my devastation, the first thing I thought about was, um, how was I going to tell my husband who was waiting for me outside that um, the baby, we had lost the baby? Like, how do I gather myself to that extent where I, I am very, I, I, I put myself together for his sake, not for my sake, because I knew it was going to break him. So what I did firstly was I went back, I went to where the, the, the baby was laying and I, I looked at her lifeless body and I just kissed her forehead and I just said, God, you know best because this is, this is, this is just something that I can't deal with now. So afterwards, um, I kissed her, I covered a little body and then all the mothers in the, in the ward were looking at me because we usually like when you are going through the same situation, everybody is just hoping that we get good results. We get uh, people are leaving the hospital rather than losing children when they're still there. So everybody, all the mothers that were there were so touched. Everybody had tears in their eyes. And um, now I had to gather myself to go outside where my husband was and um, just explained to him what had happened. So as I was going outside of the ward, uh, my husband was coming in. Uh, he was told by one of the nurses to say, we lost the baby. So as he was running to also, um, <laughs> to also get to me, and I was also running to get to him and just tell him what had happened, then ish, it, it was just um, a difficult point in life. And, you know, it's never easy to lose the one thing that um, you believe is perfect. Because I, I don't, I don't, I still don't believe that there's anything more perfect than bringing life to this earth. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. You know, it's even, I've read it before and hearing you speak today, it's just, it's humbling because I can see from your eyes that you you have found healing, and, yeah. and it, it's 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 that story that I really want to get from you. How did you get to that place? But thank you for sharing that. Really, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm really sorry for your loss, but it's so great that you're able to talk about your experience to speak yeah. your truth, and um, other women who've been through the same thing as well would definitely benefit from hearing your story and hearing you talk about it um, out in the open. I think this is a topic that particularly in our communities um, we shy away from openly discussing and I think something like this is so important and so many people go through it that it's just important to have women like you telling their stories and telling their truth. Um, One thing I wanted to know a bit more about was your experience in terms of the support systems immediately after your loss and the months after that as well. Um, Who were your support system? I I, I got my strength basically from my friends. Um, 
my friends used to tell me to say everything is going to be okay, but I didn't believe them because, you know, there's such just some advice that doesn't seem to work for you when you're going through a particular situation. My family was very understanding about it and uh, they tried to be as close as possible because I was very vulnerable. And uh, at some point, as you read in the story, I became very suicidal because um, I just didn't understand why um, it happened the way it happened to me. At some point, I, 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 I went through serious depression. In Africa, the, the, there's something that they do that I think uh, they shouldn't do uh, is the mother of the child who is uh, who 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 you who you've lost. Let's say I've lost the way I lost the child. Um, I'm not supposed to go and uh, bury that child. So the elders are the ones that go to the gravesite and bury. And for me, I think I never got closure until I began to tell myself that it's okay. She's gone. Uh, because at, at least, you know, when you bury a person, I felt like it gives you a little bit more closure than somebody who doesn't even know where the child was buried and stuff. Mm. So until now, um, I still don't know where my baby is buried, uh, but uh, my husband does. And he's told me that uh, when he feels I'm ready, he will take me to where, where it is. Yeah. Mm. But um, it's tough. Whenever you lose somebody or when you lose somebody who's very close to you, especially a child, there's always that sense of, I wish I had protected her a little bit more. What could I have done better, you know? Maybe sometimes you even blame yourself. But uh, there are people, certain people who understand loss more than others. Others will tell you, um, no, don't worry about it. You have another baby. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's a puzzle that you've lost, you know, a piece of the puzzle that you've lost, which you can just find like that. But each child is different. Mm-hmm. Each child is very different. The, the expression and the connection that a woman gets uh, in a, for each particular pregnancy is different. So you can't compare the two. That's the one thing that my friend, one of my very, very good friends told me to say, this thing is going to be there and don't run away from it. So you are going to have to go through it on your own until you get out of it. Nobody should tell you it's okay not to cry. No, when you need to cry, cry it, cry it out. So that for me was the best (laughs) advice that I ever got in the situation. And that's the advice that I use for most mothers who talk to me about that situation. I like what you said there about that you have to go through it. You really have to go through it for yourself, not what yeah. other people are saying. You know, mm-hmm. like you said, cry, reflect, mm-hmm. understand what you're going through, feel it. Because yeah. only, only when you go through a situation, you're able mm-hmm. to get out of it. So based yeah. on that, as, as a grieving mother uh, in that moment, when you reflect on it now, what mm-hmm. support do you think would have helped your situation better? I think for me, uh, being counseled by people who had gone through the same situation would have been a little bit more comforting because, you know, when people, as much as we love family and our friends are there, they can't give you that particular advice that you need when you're in that situation. Because you, you know best, people who've gone through the same situation know best what to say. Like, I'll give you an example. I've been privileged to meet a lot of mothers after that post, actually. I've been privileged to meet a lot of mothers that have 
come to me and said, you know, we are more comfortable talking to you because you know best what you went through and you can help us with what you went through. It's better somebody who knows tells you than somebody who doesn't know telling you because then you understand at what points to tell someone, um, no, uh, I think this time what you need to do is A, B, C, D. Like what you need to do is grieve, take it out. Somebody else will say, no, don't, 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 don't grieve too much. Stop crying about it. You know what I mean? But it's not that easy. The pain is there. If you don't cry about it, how is it supposed to come out? So for me, I would have, I would have wanted to have a support, a counseling system that would help um, the situation to become better. Mm. I think in Africa and it, around the world, we don't uh, look at mental health as something that is important, but we really should actually. And on that counselling point, did, did you feel like there was sufficient access to kind of mental health services for you? Was it something that you felt comfortable to engage with and that you think other women in that situation, in Zambia particularly, feel comfortable to engage with? Yeah, I think at the point when you when you are going through the same situation, let's say the first year, you don't want to talk to anybody because you feel nobody understands your situation. Mm-hmm. But there's, uh, there's also a point when you really want to talk about it. You really want to talk about it and you just want anybody who's going to, to hear you out, who's going to comfort you or counsel you on what to do next because there comes a point in life when you don't even know what to do. You don't know, you're just there, you know, let's say, because uh, that was my first child. Let's say uh, your friends invite you for a birthday party and you wish your child was there and mm-hmm. you are the only mother that is there that doesn't actually have a, a daughter, you know what I mean? So uh, there's all that. You need to bring that out and just say, look, you guys, like, you know, I wish I, I, wished I could talk to somebody who, who was there and just said, look, this thing is like this, it's affecting me and all that. But I just thank God that through it all, he, he brought me here and I'm able to talk about it. And um, I'm happy. I'm happy. Not that it gets, it goes away. <laughs> it doesn't leave you, but time makes it better. Mm. Yeah, no, I love that. And it's great to hear that, yeah, you're at peace with it now. I think that's one of the things where it, of course, it's going to always be there, but you're in a happy place, which is so yeah. important and so yeah. great to hear. Um, and I think we've discussed a lot about um, what other people have been saying or how um, others might not quite understand what you're going through. Yeah. I think um, in situations like this, I think sometimes our loved ones even don't know what to say or what to do Um, it might be because our communities specifically don't talk about these kind of issues or mental health issues as well um, very openly I know that it's not going to be something that's kind of a one-size-fits-all but when you were experiencing loss what would you have loved to hear from people around you Um, and also what did you not appreciate hearing so I know you've mentioned a couple of points already but I think that's important as well to say actually these are the things that weren't helpful at that moment in time. I think the the one thing that I that was not helpful that I still move with right now is um, that it's okay you're gonna have another baby Uh, yeah just keep trying everything is gonna be okay so there, there's a, there are other children that will come and I didn't appreciate that. And also um, 
Okay, so at what uh, the traditional aspect of it where uh, people said you don't have to go there and bury your child. That's your child. You have to be involved in what is happening, you know, because I think even when we, a lot of people have lost loved ones and I think the, the closure comes when you bury someone or when you, I don't know what other people do prefer during in different cultures, but I think the closure for me comes when you say bye and you just say, you know what, yeah, I'm at peace with it and then that's it. Yeah. So because I noticed that one of my friends um, lost a baby and I was involved in the process of uh, helping her come out of this situation. The one thing that, that, that she has that I did have was the closure part. Yeah. Because she was there, she was involved, she saw the child being buried, she saw everything. And I think for her, the healing was a little bit faster than me. And healing takes time in different people. And uh, for me, it took a little bit longer, I think, because of that particular aspect. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. And I hope people, when people are listening to this podcast, it would help them understand things that could be done within our societies and our communities, because culture does have a place, but sometimes it's important for culture to evolve with the environment. Mm -hmm. And mental health is something that, we are constantly talking about in, in, yeah. in this current times to make sure that people are more resilient, people are able to, to bounce back and, 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 and cope with, with their situation in a, in a much more efficient way. So yeah. as we said earlier on, mental health has been something that has been discussed throughout the pandemic because of what people have been going through. And yeah. in your post, you mentioned, and even earlier when we were talking on this podcast, you mentioned that you did think of taking you know, your own life. And, you know, one thing I'd like to emphasize is we are thankful that you're with us today. You are able to speak yeah. your truth and tell your story. So for that, we are grateful. But, mm -hmm. you know, unfortunately, there has been a number of women around the world who have mm -hmm. taken their life because they simply cannot cope. So yeah. from that point of view, what kept you going? I mean, I hope somebody who's listening this can could encourage them. What what kept you going? I think what kept me going was uh, my husband um, was 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 the source of all the comfort. Um, he 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 didn't put pressure on me when when I when I wanted to cry. I I just I could go to him and I would cry. And when I needed to, because we're both going through the situ the same situation, so. When I needed uh, someone to talk to about the situation, I felt like he was the only person that totally understand, understood uh, the whole process. And uh, sometimes I would cry alone, but he would notice that I was crying. So he kept a tab on me on where I was, what I was doing. If I'm crying in the night, he always makes sure I'm not alone at any point. So for me, that was the greatest support system ever. And then my family, my mom, because my mom lost, um, we lost our sister, our third born sister earlier. So I think my mom also knew how to handle the situation because she, she lost a child before. So it was easy for her to relate with me and also talk to me about the things that I needed to hear. It's going to be okay. Uh, it will take time, but it's going to be okay. Uh, just cry where you need to cry. Um, do whatever you need to do to make sure that you, you live your life and not pause your life because your daughter would have wanted you to live a happy life. So all that, that type of support system, then are my, my siblings, 
ever supportive through their own way of expressing their their their, their concern they, they made things easier you know and um we're very close family so whatever i was feeling i saw my siblings feeling it also because uh, my child is also their child so that was one of the things. And I have two very good friends of mine. One of them is a medical doctor at the same hospital where we, at the beginning, one of the biggest institutions in Zambia. She helped as well. She would come see me, she would visit me. And she made uh, her kids, my kids. So they also call me mommy. So they would, uh, even when I'm sleeping or whatever, they would wake me up to say, no, mommy, or whatever. So I sort of felt, I, did, I didn't really feel that vacuum in me that I didn't have children because everybody else's child, my siblings' children became my children. That's beautiful, especially. I love to hear that you've got a village of children around you. You are are a mother to many. Like, that's just so beautiful, I think, um, to hear that. And I think one, to wrap up, one of our um, kind of last questions was, what advice do you have for any woman that is going through what you went through? Yeah, I think for me, the biggest advice that I would give to someone is find help. Um, it's not going to be something that you're going to do on your own. But if you don't have a family, um, f- f- just try and find help of people that can come to you and help you and talk to you. Try very hard not to be alone uh, because, you know, when you're alone, you really feel lonely and that's not a good place to be. You won't heal fast if you are constantly keeping to yourself. Talk to people, not everyone who understand your situation, but try and find somebody who's been through a very bad situation and ask them how they got out of it. It helps. Yeah. It helps. It helps a lot. Yeah. No, thank you for that. I think a lot of people need to recognize that it's important to ask for help. Um, sometimes in our communities particularly in the black communities is we do not like asking for help and we hold on to our own problems but if you want to go through something it's always better to recognize somebody who has gone through that same situation that you're going through ask for help and see if that help resonates with you try it and and see you know, if you will come out of it as well. So thank you so much, Lorraine, for today. Thank you for joining us, telling your story. It's been, it's been one of a kind and I, I appreciate you for coming in because a lot of people do not talk about this very openly. And mm-hmm. that's all we had time for this week uh, at Black Motherhood's podcast. And thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. If anything that we've discussed during this session resonates with you, feel free to get in touch with your comments, questions, or just to say hello at hello at blackmotherhood.co.uk. Bye. Bye. Precious love and powerful. has been Black Motherhood with Chanju and Chibesa. The music is composed by Wangani and Lisana Mwanza with added vocals by Baby Eloise. Thanks for listening. <laughs>